0: Hello and welcome to the next edition of MDD's Claims Interviews. Today, I have with me Tobin Ryan from Tokyo Marine Kiln. Good morning, Tobin.
1: Hi, Barry. How are you?
0: Yeah, pretty well. It's freezing cold in Oxfordshire where I am. I don't know what it's like where you are, but it's a great day. So hopefully we can brighten up the day with our conversation. So are you ready to go?
1: I'm ready to go, Barry.
0: Okay, so we normally start by just exploring how people came to be in the industry. So tell us your story, Tobin. How did you come to be in insurance?
1: I I don't know whether i speak for many people, but I I didn't intend to come into insurance as a career when I was a teenager or as a kid. I, I was probably more down the lines of being an astronaut or a fireman. But I grew up in Eastbourne and my dad. Worked up in London. And I I came out of college in about 1990 when the recession kicked in. And there just wasn't much in the way of opportunity in Eastbourne. So my my lovely dad said, Right, get a local job. And then once twice a week, we'll drive up to London. I'll go to work, drop you off in the city, and you can see if you can find yourself a job in the city. And it was as crude as that that I came up here. And in those days, it was with a borrowed briefcase with some CVs in it and off our toggle around the city going to. The recruitment consultants, which were more shops in those days where you go in and say, hi, can I have a quick chat? And it took six months to to find a job because that particular part of the economic cycle was quite tough and there wasn't a lot of opportunity going on. And I got a phone called Richard's Longstaff and they were brokers based on two streets. So my arrival really was by chance. That was what opened up to me in just trying to find a job in London and what a lucky moment that was because I I, I knew it was an exciting market and the London insurance market was exciting but it's been an absolutely amazing journey since and I've I've loved it
0: all well we'll talk a bit more about that in a moment but I have to say you're not unique I don't think I've yet to come across anybody who got into insurance by design so we're we're all here by complete fluke and we're enjoying it which is wonderful so maybe we've all been incredibly lucky you've been at TMK for quite a long time now. So tell me, what's it like working for them?
1: A very special place, actually. I, I think the people here are amazing. And I'm I'm sure that there's lots of great people and many companies around the London market. But, but the feel about this place, I've always really chimed into and re- really enjoyed being here. It, it's got a great culture. The way everyone interacts with each other, the way it feels being here is great. And it's an exciting place to be. It's a firm that like probably many in the London market, has been evolving very quick, especially in, in more recent times. And we've got this exciting future, but we've also got this rich history where you know, we can trace origins back to the guy that wrote the book about reinsurance. So it just makes it very sort of rewarding and, and enjoyable environment to be in. And just the way TMK thinks about things works for me. Work-life balance is an important thing here. The getting people to have happy and rewarding careers and the happiness of, of the people here is, is something that's very important, it's management, important to management and important to everyone that's here. And 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 there is a very strong interest in the people and how we are and how we interact and things like are we happy? And and, and for that I'm very grateful to be here and I, I enjoy being here. And the, the whole philosophy around TMK is around empowerment and giving people the ability to make decisions and drive forward. And again for me that's something I find and exciting and something I want to be part of.
0: Well, I can tell it really works for you when I interview someone and they infuse about the culture and you can see they're really happy. You know, that's a great place to be from a personal well being, just for starters. So, no, that's really good to hear. Now, earlier you said you started at a broker, and of course, you're now at an insurer. So, tell us what was the transition like for you from broker to insurer?
1: So again, I, I seem to be quite lucky in my life, really. And, and I worked for Richard Longstaff, which was a firm that broke broke many different lines of business. And I've always had part of me that if if something's difficult, a bit tough to deal with or has issues, I'll I'll gravitate towards that because I like problem solving and I, I like working through things. So I ended up broking in those days, what were the special risk claims? And that was just a great place to start because I saw lots of very interesting things. And I think I've taken that with me throughout my career that, that claims are claims and you know everyone's got a perspective with which they're looking at it but but everyone's a stakeholder in making that happen so the transition for me from being on the broken side to the, the insurer side perhaps wasn't that enormous I, th- I think the role is certainly different early on in your career I think it, it narrows as, as, as your career develops actually but I, I found that transition enjoyable but I, I was perfectly happy broken too and I, I did like the client side of things where you're talking to the clients much more perhaps on the broken side and that, that was a real exciting part of the job for me so yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey I have thoroughly enjoyed Silver sort of working on both sides actually
0: well I can see that I mean for my own part I simply wasn't clever enough to go and work for an insurer so <laughs> not, uh, sure, not too too sure. Sure. so sure not for sure nobody would have me so I had to stay as a broker and make people's lives <laughs> miserable so Tobin you're now Head of Claims at TMK, you've been in that role for a little while now. Tell me what you enjoy most about that.
1: Oh, by a long shot, the team and the people. We have here a truly talented, smart and exceptional group of people who I'm, I'm, I'm honoured to work with. And my days are, are are full of interest and full of conversation and, and talking about what we're doing and how we can get things working better. And for me, that's been really, really the highlight for me by Claire Miller. And the, the whole thing around managing the team and being head of claims here is, is we, we're all on a journey to look at what better looks like. And for me, that's around creating the right environment, really being very comfortable about feedback and looking at what we're doing and saying, is this the best we can do? Something if something's great and it works fine. Leave it. If we can improve it, let's improve. it. Let's not own and worry about how things have been done in the past. And this culture around being very relaxed with change and driving to be better is it, it, very fulfilling. So these are the sort of the elements I most enjoy. But that all folds back into creating the right platform for the team to be brilliant. I'm honoured to serve them, and I'm here to create that environment where they can express themselves and they can drive the business and drive TN claims to to a better future. So yeah, you know, it's, it's it's been so enjoyable, and and I'll say again, the people have been absolutely fantastic.
0: I think there's so much more to these roles these days. I may have touched on it at some stage last year with someone, but being a head of claim is not just about dealing with the, the most challenging matters or the most serious matters. There's a whole people development piece. And there's a whole strategic piece and you've got to have a whole number of strings to your bow to be able to do that well. And and the people who do that well will have great careers Because the people will see that, that work for you, and they'll trust you, and they'll follow you wherever you need to go. I'm making you sound like an army leader now, but uh, the reality (laughs) is if you show you really care about your people and, and, and you want to help develop them, they will follow you and trust you and believe in you, and you'll achieve so much more together, I think. So we're sort of touching on some cultural stuff here, so I'd really like to explore that a little bit further. So tell me a bit about the TMK culture
1: kind mean, of look at culture in, in a fairly classic way which is it's the the aggregation or the combination of, 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 of values and behaviors and, and that then creates the environment the feel of what, what you do and here at DMK, culture is genuinely at the heart of what we do and when we speak of that it, it is very much a core part of the strategy and when we talk about culture at tmk is something we talk about all the time we're monitoring and we're working and we're always looking to improve it and i think both from a Tokyo Marine kiln and from a Tokyo ring perspective the, the, the culture flows through everything and, and tm as a, a, a Tokyo as a, as a parent is, is quite extraordinary as a firm and their ethos if you like is to something called good company which is you look beyond profit um, and this is where you work for the benefits of clients, business partner, partners, partners and society, and, and you, know, you empower your teams and you deliver on commitments. None of that's talking about profit or income or anything like that. That's talking about creating the right culture. And if you do the right things in the right way, good things will happen. And if that's the culture of business, for me, that works. So, you know, more locally to TMK, the, the culture here is about being safe, open, inclusive, and again empowered. That that's that's a big thing here at, at TMK, if if I say it more than once, it's, it's something that I kind of believe in too. People should be empowered, they should be able to make decisions. And and the management here, being leaders of culture, if you like, take our culture as a priority. And the, the outcome of that is we have a, a, a really good place to be. And you know, we're embracing diversity, we've got network groups and the, the balance. Of, of all these things works incredibly well. So the culture is very strong, and I think it starts at the top. And there's a very deep interest from the top and throughout the business to get the culture right for everyone. in that way, we, we create a, a great environment to be in.
0: Well, that, that's good to hear. And you know, you're right. You know, cultures are set by leadership, and it's not just setting them; it's leading by example. And that sounds like that's the way things work at TMK. So you're in a leadership position. Tell me what you enjoy most about being a leader.
1: For me, what I most enjoy about, it really, again, is the people and it's the relationships you build with your teams, your colleagues. For instance, you know, I've known you many years and I've managed to be able to keep in touch with people and, and talk to people. So so for me, that's been a really key thing about enjoying the role. And I'll go back to something I sort of hinted at early, which is the part I enjoy about this role is, is creating the right environment and That, for me, is a fascinating thing. What what I want is people to feel happy, to be empowered, to focus on what matters, to be client-centric, but also to have the space and time to think. Because I think we've managed to somehow, in society, cram out time to think and time to work through things and think things through. And and this is what we try to do. And if if we're to solve difficult problems and issues or we're looking to serve the clients in the best way, we do need that time to think and and again I, I see that as part of my role and probably an enjoyable part of it trying to create that right environment uh, and and again just getting everyone very future focused you know really thinking about what we need to be going forward
0: i can tell you enjoy it and when people are passionate at something uh, people always tell me i talk too much but as i always say that's because i care about things and I'm, I'm i'm very positive about them so there's nothing wrong with that you sort of alluded to something there about people and the marketplace and i do think Part of the real enjoyment of this business is is networking. It's the people you meet through your career. From every single one of them, you'll learn something that will make a difference to your career if you listen carefully, I think. So I do think the networking is a special element of what this business is about. So we talked about you being in this leadership role have you got any particular plans for TMK for the future that you're working on or looking at that excite you?
1: Um, probably my, my level is really looking at, at, at the future of, of the claims team and talking in quite broad terms. The challenge for us and the market is to really think about who we're going to be. One I hope is as a community genuinely excited about future change and evolution because we are in incredibly exciting times in this market. There is so much opportunity growth and possibility for, for evolution change that we can embrace and, and, and make the best of that because some of that's going to be good and easy some of that's going to be challenging and more difficult and, and it's just trying to make the absolute best of that so our claim strategy is about who we want to be I think just doing what we're doing and carrying on doing what we're doing in the same way is not enough we need to look at our trade our business our clients our trading environment and how these are changing and then really work to being at the place it's going to be first. So it's envisioning that future and and really trying to understand what that looks like. And if you get the direction, right, let's face it, we're not going to put a pin on it and say, well, hey, we've absolutely nailed this one. We've read the future in five years' time. But let's get the direction of travel right and what we're doing and how we're thinking. And then you can change as you you go through. And and you have that sort of agile model where you can then move and and change things as, as the environment changes around you. But what isn't going to change in the future for me is... That stuff we talk about, which is relationships. We have something in Tokyo, Marine Kiln, which is about the human way, which is we, we do in people and not transactions. You manage transactions efficiently, but we're always here if people have got an issue or a problem, just give us a ring. And, and that I don't see changing. And, and the future will still be around the relationships, but how we work around how we operate and how we manage attrition and, and how we make sure we get great outcomes will change. And data, I think, is, is the other big thing, of course, in, in the room right now.
0: So I would imagine one of the most important aspects of what you do is that simple piece, which is around actually handling claims and giving great service to clients. So tell me, what's it take to be a great claims handler? I think this
1: market is blessed with the diversity of people and their interests and their skills. And sort of sum that up into some perfect person. It's quite difficult, actually, because... People express themselves in different ways with their skills. Things that I feel are important, I think technically understanding insurance policies is a bit of a given, it always helps knowing what you're talking about. But I, I find that kindness, I think, is a very important thing. We've had situations here where we've had clients in distress and people have worked over their Christmas helping out someone at that time of need. And and, and that's just pure, simple kindness and wanting the best for someone. In a particular, instance it was a difficult case, which it won't be right to go into details, but... No, I felt so honoured. I I felt that that was an extraordinary thing to do to give your Christmas to sort someone else's issues, which were very difficult for them at that time. So I think that kindness and wanting the best outcome is very important, but the the team will probably roll their eyes, those that listen to this, that I think you've got to dare to challenge. If you don't think something's right, do disrupt, do talk about it, do say, actually, I don't think I agree with that. I think that's such a powerful thing. I, I really believe that people should... Stop, think and say, actually, I, I I don't agree and don't be fearful, be bold. And I think a great plains person will risk feeling embarrassed or risk asking that question that no one in the room has said and said, actually, can I ask this? And I think that's an important thing, too. And I think the stuff in the future will talk to being better at data and analytics and stuff to probably a um, slightly less exciting thing to talk about in a podcast. But I think understanding data is, is something that we're going to have to increasingly specialise in and get better at.
0: You sound a bit like me going back to that sort of feely touchy piece because I remember having to give a speech to a, an insurance audience once, poor souls, anyone who was there, I'm sorry about it. But I do remember saying that I felt and I do feel that, that this whole business is is not just about some words written down on a piece of paper. It's about well, real people with real issues. And if you forget that and you think it's just about the words and the contract, then that's not a great place to be if you want to retain your clients and, and give them service that's really going to make a difference. So I guess we sort of see things quite similarly in that respect.
1: Just to sort of jump in there, I, I think also I, I didn't want to in any way suggest or, or understate the importance of data analytics, but a, a big piece of that is enabling things to happen better and enable the right conversations to happen. I think data analytics will inform the business and help right new business and and current business in better ways but also the technology and data and all these things also should be enabling great outcomes and allowing people to have the time to do those things that matter not to be an industry in its own right to do things in a different way that doesn't achieve a different outcome doesn't sound right to me. it's got to enable and make something better and the most important thing we do is is get great claims outcomes so yeah I, i do agree
0: I sort of glossed over the data piece, but you're absolutely right. And I think the thing about data is it's not just about collecting the data. It's about being able to understand what it's really telling you and and then translate that into actions that, that are gonna deliver better outcomes. And I certainly think that's what you were saying to me. So data is really, really important, but understanding it is the key, not just mm. producing, I guess. We've talked about what makes a great claims handler. I, I now wanna open the door a little bit and find out a bit more about who have been the big influences in your life in this world of insurance. So who have those people been?
1: I think there's been many, um, when answering things like this, one becomes a bit fearful, you may miss someone out, so for those I didn't mention, it's not that I don't appreciate the enormous help and, and input and, and guidance I've had over the years, but I suppose there's been three key career points in my life. I worked many years ago, I moved to a firm called Copaig and Reed, and worked there with a gentleman called Ken Matlin, who is absolutely extraordinary and he's very much his own man. And, and talked about earlier about, you know, being bold and what you think is important. Ken did take me there, that you should back yourself and you should Say what you believe. So Ken, I, I would like to, as sort all of pay a to, a, a great guy too. And then I moved to Beasley and worked with Andrew Mitchell, who's, who's an extraordinary guy who really, I think, took me on a journey technically and in claims management to a different place. And he was a great leader too. And we had a lot of fun, actually, as well. I, I look back on my Beasley days very fondly and, and just the giggles we had. And um, yeah, I, I think Andrew was uh, very important. And, and finally, I, I went to TMK and here I, I met Nick Sinfield and it was kind of like going from taking the glasses off. Nick Nick sort of showed me a completely <laughs> different world around thinking, authenticity, claim strategy, doing about Andrew and, and Ken, but doing the right thing and and Nick's passion for doing the right thing and really standing up for yourself and, and having a strategy and know where you're going or why you're going there, he, he was absolutely amazing. So so I would particularly nod to those three.
0: I think those are three great shout outs, to be honest. I know all three of them. They're all completely different in one respect, but they're all the same in another way. They're very strong individuals. They've, they've got their views. They're very sensible about those views, but they believe in what they're doing and why they're doing what they do. I'd forgotten you worked with Ken. I mean, I, Ken was just an amazing individual to go and broke to. And Andrew Mitchell, you know, the Sturge days would have been fantastic for him in terms of giving him that sort of bedrock of knowledge and, and experience, mm. which he has used to take him into orbit in in the roles that he's taken on. And Nick, such a character who came from a legal background and, and did big things in claims against someone who I got to know. I can't say I know him extremely well, but did extremely well when he was Uh-oh. at Catlin yep. and then on to TMK. So no three great individuals to mention there. Let's just think about high points and possibly even low points in the career. Are there, are, are there any that you can mention to our audience at the particular high point, maybe for you personally?
1: So I, I got a, an award here at TMK called the Good Company Award. Which is a Tokyo Marine annual award they give for people that, that kind of stood out on, on the value side of things. And uh, I got to go to Japan for a week and meet colleagues out there, and they treated us ever so well. And it was just an absolutely extraordinary experience. And I. I, I Thoroughly enjoyed being there, thoroughly enjoyed meeting my colleagues and understanding Japan and its culture in a much more in depth way was just an extraordinary opportunity. So, that's a a definite high point for me.
0: Well, I can tell you're really, really proud of that. And really, that just reflects what you said earlier about the strong culture around people that TMK have. So, that's fantastic to hear. Have you got any particular aspirations for the future?
1: I'm kind of a bit the health and happiness kind of guy, really. So I hope for that and hope that for for everyone I know. I think from a work perspective, that stuff we were talking about earlier, which is that journey to the future, I think getting there and creating that environment where people are empowered and they're happy and they enjoy themselves and it's inclusive, it's safe. People can train, develop their careers. If I get that, I'll be happy. So that will be my
0: Good for you, Toby. Let's get away from insurance. We all hate insurance secretly, don't we? Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about the things we do outside of work and we've got a bit of a fun bit coming up. So what do you enjoy doing most outside of work?
1: I've got my three boys, 10, 12 and 14 now. Oh, wow. And, um,
0: that
1: That's just been amazing. And are,
0: you, are you a football father or a rugby boys, father? Or?
1: i played much, but my boys have gone for football. Okay. and um, I, I did try and my, my youngest in particular has got very good coordination I was thinking oh he's got to be a rugby player I took him to a Thomas was Rugby club a few times we'll have it
0: I think you need to mention <laughs> the names of your three sons because they're going to keep this podcast for history because it's going <laughs> to tell them what their dad was about so what's the names of your three sons? So Connor, Aidan and Gabriel what great names and when you're listening back to hear what your father was like you know he's giving you a special call out there
1: yeah, and, and if I quickly say to them as well, can you please do your homework without being asked so much?
0: Good point, Toby. So your boys are everything. That's great. Now,
1: one other thing, Barry, quickly, other than family, my, my other thing, I, I kind of need to sort of confess on this is I'm a, a bit of a cycling bore. Um, so I'll just put my cards on the table there. I've, I've cycled a lot for, for many years and I will. Pro- people in my team, they will be groaning at me mentioning cycling. And well, climbing. I am. I barging am barging into this conversation to do it. So, uh, yes, cycle ball.
0: I'm seeing they've just changed all the road rules and everything just to accommodate more cyclists on the road. Let's do a quick test. So, uh, this is the quick fire round. I'm just going to say this. Uh, some of my interviewees have insisted on giving long answers. I don't really want long answers. I just want that quick answer uh, of which thing you'd prefer. So, rugby or football? Football, Liverpool, FC. Okay. Uh, TV or radio? Uh, radio 4, Obsessed. Oh, wow. BBC or ITV? All the B. Very passionate about the B. Okay, Mm -hmm. well, you're going to be paying a lot more money for your TV sometime soon. Meat or veg? Aspiration, veg, reality. I do like a. Bacon sandwich now again. You're a classic male, always having this aspiration of being <laughs> fitter and so
1: harsh. healthier. Failed. But
0: you're just gonna eat your McDonald's every day, I know. And and you're telling the audience that you're trying to be healthy, but we know you're not. Okay, work or holidays. Honesty test here. I'm flagging it.
1: I know, and I'll answer honestly, probably a bit of both. I I do love work, but obviously holidays are great too. But I will put my hand up and say I I do really enjoy work.
0: And I think you have been honest, because I think the way you've described things tells me you're quite passionate about this thing you spend so much time doing. Okay, Lloyds or Companies?
1: I I come from a background with both. So I'll say I'm Lloyds, but but Companies.
0: You're a fence sitter, one of those. Okay, (laughs) 1980s or 2020s? In what way? Well, your preferred, your preferred decade, for whatever reason, 1980s or 2020s. I know the right answer here, but I, I need to see whether you know the right answer.
1: So I was at school and college in the 1980s and, and wearing very, very um, unfashionable. They were very fashionable clothes at the time, mind you. But I, I would probably say
0: 2020s. Oh, you're yeah. such a probably. disappointment. I thought you were going to pretend you weren't even born in the 1980s. We've had people try that, and I know <laughs> I, they'd I, like to. I think it.
1: the bald head and grey hair's given me well now, I've
0: <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> 20s it is. And finally, Harley or Porsche? I'm
1: going to go neither. I'll, I'll go for a nice bit of carbon Italian road bike.
0: Any day, oh okay i'll
1: walk past the other two and gaze at a piece of peddling machinery
0: any day yeah well martin clark will be very disappointed that you didn't pick half. you can't <laughs> join his motorcycle gang right well done we pretty much reached the end now toby and you've been fantastic but i i need you to answer one final question for me and that is if you'd not got into insurance what would have been your ideal job and knowing what you know now, what would have been your ideal job if you'd not gone into insurance?
1: Well, I, I think thematically, it would have to be something around people, be that work in a business on, on I don't know, the sales side or, or, or something where there's a lot of dealing with people and relationships and problem solving. That's the stuff I enjoy. And I, I do like things where there's quite a lot of depth and complexity too. So whatever job that looks like, I'll walk towards
0: Okay, well, I gather that Donald Trump was asked this question when he was just running his empire and he wanted to do more stuff with people and he ended up becoming the president of the USA. So maybe when Boris goes, you could take that role on. Obviously, the hair might be a bit of a challenge, but, you know...
1: Very orange makeup as well, isn't there? So if you see see me uh, suddenly donning lots of orange makeup, you know that Toby's gone mad and lost the plot and do walk past and give me a kick.
0: (laughs) Okay, all right. Look, Toby... It's been an absolute delight uh, hearing you and your views this morning. I wish you the very best for the future. I think you're a great leader. I think TMK have got a good future ahead with someone like you at the helm of claims. So congratulations again on becoming their leader. And as I say, great to hear everything you had to say. Great to see you this morning.
1: Thank you, It's Very kind words and and much appreciated. And yeah, thank you for catching
0: up. Really nice to see you as ever. Okay. Cheers, Tobin. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye.